The entire team at the Emsolation Podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians and cultures of the lands and seas on which we live and work. We pay our respects to all First Nations peoples, elders and ancestors. We acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded and stand in solidarity towards a shared future. I personally want to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I record this podcast every week, the Wurundjeri people. I recognise their continued connection to the land and waters of this beautiful place I call home. Always was, always will be. This is Free Time Tuesday on Emsolation with M. Rossiano. Well, hello there and welcome to Emsolation. My name is M. Rossiano. I'm a writer, a singer, a stand-up comedian, a podcaster, a maximalist power queen. I am also an autistic person and I have ADHD. Welcome to Free Time Tuesday. Friday, I got my, I love how I wasn't going to talk about this yet and it's the first thing I've said. (laughs) I cannot. I'm not going to go too much into it because it's going to be a process. I am going to make something about it. But on Friday, I got my official autism diagnosis. It's something I've always known, especially when I went through the process with Elio. But I thought, you know, I, I tossed and turned over whether to get the official rubber stamped report and why was that important and did I need to. But I think with my brain especially, I need rules. And if someone who's smarter than me and better than me on this topic assesses me for many hours and says, yes, you are autistic, then I have to accept that. And then I also have to start making allowances for myself, you know, and I have to stop using really negative language and negative stories that I've built around certain behaviours that I thought were because, you know, I have faults and I'm just a shit person where, in fact, I'm an autistic person. And even saying that out loud makes me emotional. And I'm really proud to be neurodivergent. But I think, again, it's that grief of forensically going back through all the times that my autism has made things quite hard not just for myself, but for other people. And I genuinely couldn't help it, but I've carried a lot of guilt since. So um, that's why the diagnosis was important for me. And now that I have it, I'm going to sit on it and contemplate it for a while and how that affects how I move in the world. But what I do know is I want to make something about it because I had to fill out all these pre-questionnaires and even the way the assessment went. And I recorded the assessment and I'm going to listen back to it and we're going to edit it and I think I'm going to release it, you know, in some kind of way next year because so many of the symptoms that present in women I were unaware of. I didn't know that they were documented common autism spectrum symptoms in females. And so if I didn't know and I'm somebody who's, who's tried to educate herself so much around the neurodivergent world, I imagine many other people don't. And I also had two experiences getting diagnosed and one was with a male, an older male psych, and then one with a woman who spent the last 20 years passionately dedicating herself to neurodivergent women and it was chalk and cheese, man. And, yeah, I I really want to help anyone else out there who may be thinking about it for themselves. So that's what's been going on for me. I'm really emotional today (laughs) and I'm just going to keep talking because, hang on, we need a harp or something. 
It was Elio's first day at kinder today. Well, it was his orientation. So it was only one hour. First day official happens next year. But we went to his kinder to meet his teachers and some of his kinder mates. And I can't tell you how I was so anxious over the weekend. It's also like the third day of my period, so I'm going to throw it down to that. So, yeah, I got my autism diagnosis, I got my period, and my son had his first day at kindy. So, you know, I'm allowed to be a bit teary, right? <laughs> I just come here and, Tuesdays, are they a beautiful interview? Are they a weird story? Or is it just me verbal diarrhearing my inner turmoil? It's not turmoil. It's just, you know, I needed to talk about it in a safe space, and that is a microphone out to thousands upon thousands of people. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, I didn't know how it was going to go and he didn't know how it was going to go. And I made the mistake of telling him this morning at about nine, oh, we're going to kinder today. I will never do that again. I won't tell him until we are literally driving in the driveway next year because he just went through. And if you've got an autistic child or an ADHD child, you know, he began to hyperfixate on the kinder and he had a million questions And then he went through, I want to go. I don't want to go. I'm not going. I really want to go. I want to go now. No, I'm not going. I'm not going. And took all his clothes off and and then put him back on again. And then something was itchy. Like he was really going through it. And so I was going through it with him. And Scott came, his dad, my husband, and we we pulled in. We got in there. He was instantly overwhelmed and had to kind of crawl up into my arms and we had his headphones and we bought his shishis, which are his dummies. Um, But then he saw a table of dinosaurs (laughs) and he went over and he sat down and he started playing with dinosaurs. And then another little boy came over who was also into dinosaurs and Elio roared at him as Elio does. And uh, the little boy just smiled and then like whacked the dinosaur out of Elio's hand, which he thought was hilarious. Elio likes extremes. So uh, he made a little friend. Uh, I went and sat in the corner and I went in. I want you all to know I got there and and I said to Scott, I am going to be, So I'm reinventing myself. I'm reinventing myself as a school parent. I'm not going to sit on the peripheral and be weird. I'm going to be so friendly. And then a woman pulled up next to us. She got out of the car and she had really cool, like, pink curly hair and she had a Gorman raincoat on. She had yellow gumboots and a tutu and tats. She was super cool. And I said, Scott, I'm going to be friends with her. He said, okay. And he's just smiling and nodding, looking at me. And I said, why are you? Why are you looking at me like that? Don't do that. Don't look, at, look, at, look the other way. And he just looked out the window and he laughed. So we went inside and I walked in uh, and I sat down And then I did not speak for the rest of the hour. (laughs) Scott made friends with all the mums. I I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I was so vigilant with Elio and what he was doing and didn't want him to not have a good experience that I couldn't engage with anyone. I couldn't make eye contact. And then the one person I did speak to, I gave her way too much information. So it's all right. This was just, this was like the dress rehearsal, the practice. Kinder, day one next year. Oh, I'm going to be on every board. I'm going to cut the fruit. Whatever has to happen. I'm going to try so hard. But he went pretty well. I have to say when it was time to go, he didn't want to leave, which is always a good sign, right? Always a good sign. And when we got home, he spoke about it. He's now, I mean, he had to go and lay in the sensory beanbag and have a blanket on him and we had to have bluey on. He had to completely decompress. And it was only an hour, so I don't know how he's going to do 8.30 to 1.30 next year. I'm so relieved. 
but I can see vividly how the world is going to react to him in certain ways. It wasn't a perfect run. There were a couple of times that we had to step in, but um, this is it now. He's out there. He's got to go into the world. We've got to allow that to happen. And it's terrifying, isn't it? It's terrifying. I didn't feel this way about the girls because the girls, I guess, presented differently. Maybe they learned to mask. Both the girls are neurodivergent. Neither of them have been diagnosed with autism. And both of them, you know, strode very confidently into their first days and basically looked at me and said, why are you still here? So that was a different experience. And all kids, obviously, different experience. It's been a very long time. Oh, God, I've just been rambling. I'm sorry, but I needed to. <laughs> I hope this isn't your first time listening to Emsolation. Normally it's, you know, normally it's super... I don't even know what to say. There's ebbs and flows. And today was a flow of words. Uh, but normally like my friend Michael Lucas is here and we talk about culture and there's jokes and sound effects and whatnots. But today was just I needed to talk to you all. I needed to decompress. I needed to sit down and take my mask off. You know, there was a moment in... I'm just going to flip back to... There was a moment in my assessment where I was talking about she asked me, I think, or we were talking about the few times where I, I let the mask fall and what happens. And I can vividly recall times where I've let the mask fall and I didn't mean for it to happen. And it doesn't often end well. And the one that I could really stuck in my mind was about a year ago, I had a meeting with the head of one of the huge production companies to pitch some of my show ideas. And I was really passionate about this meeting because I really love my show ideas. And I, I sat down and we started talking about telly because he's a massive telly nerd too. And, I, and the mask dropped and I stopped monitoring myself. I stopped monitoring how much or how little eye contact I was making, what I was doing with my hands, how fast I was talking, what I was talking about. And I ended up, you know, just really going through all the TV shows I love and why. And I remember just talking at length about how I think maths is evil and it's not great. And I, and I don't understand the people who make it, why they can't find the humanity in it because at its core it's just lonely people looking for connection because all of us want connection, right? That's what drives humans. That's what we want. We just want to feel like we connect in somewhere in the fucking matrix. And how can people make maths and how can they exploit these people who are clearly looking for connection? And I just wish that they would stop. And he's sitting there and, and I, and, and I realised, I did realise, oh, I've been going on for like five minutes and I haven't drawn breath. And then he said... We make maps. And I remember I just said, oh. And I quickly picked the mask back on and I put it right on my face and I said, oh, it's very, very popular. What do I know? God, it's number one. Good on you. Wow. And then we wrapped the meeting up and I never heard from this person again. And I'm like, they're a massive production house. And I never heard from this person ever again. And I punished myself for so long. I went back through the meeting, all the things I said, all the times. And I, and the thing was, I wasn't monitoring myself. I Normally when I'm in these type of social interactions, which is why I find them so exhausting, I'm trying to figure out how much eye contact is too much, trying to remember their name, trying not to listen to all the sounds around me, t- taking the smells, 
not speak for too long, wait for appropriate gaps in conversations, not jump in on people. And so I'm doing all of these things while trying to stay present in a conversation. But when I get around a topic or my special interest or someone I think is a safe person, I stop monitoring myself and that's what I did and it didn't end up well for me. (laughs) But ultimately this podcast and you all, I unmask and I realise that's why I love making it so much. I'm getting emotional again. <laughs> this is going to be a record. You all choose to download this podcast twice every week. You choose me unmasked. And look, yeah, we post, we edit. I still need some curating. There's still some stuff Zeke and Ben have to take out just for my own personal safety. But largely you get me unmasked and you come back. And I think... The older I get and and the further I get in my career, being able to create bigger spaces where people like me and people who love people like me can all be and feel safe and and can unmask and be around other people, you know, who are like-minded. I think that's why I love the Emsolation community so much because whether you're neurotypical or neurodivergent, you're on board, you see me, you see each other. Yeah, like as I said, it's been a big weekend. It's been a big weekend. I'm off to see Esther Perel tonight. If you don't know who she is, look her up. She's incredible. She is like the, I don't even know, the, the I'm trying to think of a comparison. She's the Oprah Winfrey of sex therapists. She's the Brene Brown of sex therapists. She's, she's the best of the best. She has a podcast, Where Do We Begin?, where she records couples therapy with uh, anonymous couples and she helps them through some really tricky situations. The way that she does couples counselling, I love. So go look her up especially if you're having some struggles in your relationship. I've found she's helped Scott and I so much through her podcasts. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to our live show. Tickets are moving like hotcakes. Now you've found out I'm adding a band. Yeah. Yeah. I was tried not to because I wanted it to be, you know, small and no hassle. But I just realised the kind of songs I want to do. So we're going to open with three songs, do some of the podcasts, do some more songs. You're all going to help us sing along in the final song. It's going to be such a great night. And now people have found out I'm adding a band. There's not many seats left. We're going to sell it out, which is really exciting. If you're in Melbourne December 14th and you can still nab a ticket, go check it out. We're playing at the National Theatre in St Kilda. My entire band will be there. You know and love. It's going to be a great night, which we've all earned. To be honest, we really have... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, that was 13 minutes of a conscious stream of thought. That's enough from me. We'll be back for our 200th episode on Thursday. Oh, my God. You're getting 200 minutes, so this is why this is short because we have to start recording that at basically tonight. It's going to be something. We've been getting your questions. Thank you so much. Again, if you want to ask Michael and I a question, we're doing a Q&A portion you need to record yourself on your phone and email it to msolationpodcast at gmail.com. Ben Wosley, our EP, is currently going through all the fabulous questions. But that's going to be amazing. Three hours. You're getting three hours of content, my lovelies. All right, that's it from me. Next time we chat, we'll be big celebrations happening. 200 eps. Wow. Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful week. And we'll chat soon. Bye. Free
Overtime Tuesday on Emsolation is a Spotify exclusive podcast hosted and produced by M. Rossiano. Recorded and edited at Down the Hill Studios by Ezekiel Finn. A brand new episode of Emsolation with M. Rossiano drops every Thursday, 6 a.m., only on Spotify.